Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the best tools for fantasy basketball on the internet. They got an incredible trade analyzer, projections by Mark Roberts, and dynasty rankings, along with the best NBA schedule to plan your week. That is at hashtag basketball.com. Go check it out. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, I'm just looking forward to hearing you blitzer the names of many men on this podcast. This is a pretty easy one today. We're doing our top five sell highs for week three. There's some surprising, uh, some surprising names on on this list, Tyler. Um, I think there's a, a very controversial uh, name on this list, but that will be we'll save that for last. I'm, uh, I'm uh, purposely uh, hyping up the listeners so they'll listen to the entire thing because that will be the last person we talk about. I look forward to it. As do I. Uh, let's get right into it. Um, selling high this week. Uh, this feels like um, a guy who m- will make this list until he's injured. And his name is Daniello Gallinari, who is playing excellent right now. Um, obviously, his knees are made of glass or possibly sand. Uh, just It could just be sandbags in there. I'm not really sure uh, what's going on with Gallinari's life, but he has been relatively healthy for the first six games of the season, playing 30 minutes a game and currently ranked per game uh, in 9-cat Roto League's 27th overall, uh, basically a, a primary member of this L.A. Clippers team. It's going to be hard to sell high on, on Daniela Gallinari with his reputation, Tyler. Oh, okay. I'll buy that. But what did you pay for Gallinari? Probably at a pick outside the top 100. So if I can buy anybody inside the top 100, so um, perhaps Rondé Hollis Jefferson, I think I can make that swap. <laughs> pretty easy right yeah, now yeah that's a little too easy i'd, I'd be with as well as daniela gallinari is playing I'd, I'd i'd look up the board that, a lot further that's the kind of swap you're gonna have to make in a league with people who know what they're doing yeah now obviously if you're in a league where some people don't i mean sure if you could trade gallinari for a top 50 or 60 player like that would be obviously the gangbusters deal but at the same time like i'm really just looking to move gallinari for Somebody I feel pretty good about being healthy and someone I feel has a little bit more full season value than Gallinari because sure Gallinari is great until the wheels fall off him. Here's the other thing too, where you pick Gallinari this year, you're probably safe to just ride him and then drop him when he gets hurt because you picked him outside the top 100 anyways, right? So you like, that was a guy you probably expected to stream some anyways. Yeah. Maybe just ride and then die. It depends on, like, if you're in a, a league with a bunch of people who know what they're doing, that's probably your best value. Here's the just other... to ride him until he's he's done. Here's the one thing, too, I want to say about Gallinari. So I get that some people think he's super fantasy valuable, and this year he's been better, but he's a career 42% shooter from the field. 
That's not very good. He gives you 0.8 steals per game for his career and 0.4 blocks. Again, not very good. He gives you 4.7 rebounds and two assists per game. Again, not really that great. Like for his career, he's basically just a points guy. Well, he's a, he's a bit of and points, it, threes, rebounds. Like he's rebounds, five and, rebounds for a, for a, a small forward. forward. Yeah, that's fine. What's okay. wrong with that? That's that's okay. It's better than three. True, but like I don't think that's really like anything that I'm counting as a huge positive. No, I think what people remember is the few years where he was on uh, the Nuggets and he was actually healthy and he was a top thirty player. Um, and 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 over the years with those injuries, people are just saying like, man, if you could just play, if you could just stay healthy, if you could just play, and the league has turned everybody into the prototype that Daniela Daniela Gallinari was once a rare commodity when he came into the league. And yeah, he now, was a big, big, I mean, threes was one of his better categories. He was yeah. one of the better shooters in the league. Now two, Everybody three, the game is nothing. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is Daniela Gallinari. Nico Miritich is Daniela, uh, a better Daniela Gallinari. Um, there's tons of guys out there who uh, hit threes, score points, get some rebounds, it's really a, a prerequisite to be um, to be playing in the league right now. Uh, it's it was I think his like half a block, half a steal kept him afloat. But Danielle Gallinari, you know, we just know, like I said, his knees made of sandbags. You got you got to move on from him very soon. Um, probably the best advice, and it's it's hard, it's hard, it's going to be hard. Uh, Blake Griffin and Danielle Gallinari to be like these guys are playing so well. Why would I ever get rid of them for, uh, you know, uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson? Yeah, well, okay, that's fine. That's your choice. Uh, I, you might get more value writing these guys out, but here in a, I'd give them a month, and then I'd start to get a little bit worried once the wear and tear gets on those knees. You know, they, they, they start to break down in, in January, so you got till the end of the year, I think, to ride these guys, and then I would try to move them. Let's talk about the next guy on the sell high list. Um, one of the greatest blooper reel players of all time, JaVale McGee having a, you know, I'm not, I'm actually, well, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a sell high because of where he's ranked and how well he's playing. But like, I don't know, like, is this also a case of you're going to have to ride JaVale McGee on out because this, this is the player he's going to be. He's, he's not going to play 30 minutes a game. But in 24, 25 minutes, like you were saying in the preseason, Tyler, um, leading up to this season, you were, you were high on JaVale McGee. He said, if he gets the minutes and there's no centers on this team, well, that's exactly what happened. And he's averaging 15.6 rebounds and three blocks a game. Yeah, JaVale's been great. And I, I mean, I think this has been one of my better calls. And I, I, so here's the kind of way I'm going to go with it. I'm I'm probably riding JaVale McGee. Just, I don't think I'm going to get the value I want to get for him. I think JaVale can probably be a top 75 player, and I don't know that anyone else is going to throw me a top 75 player for him. Um, now, obviously, the injuries are a little bit of a concern with JaVale McGee. He hasn't played a ton of games. Um, looking back over the last five years, some of that didn't have to do with injuries, though. It had to do with him just kind of being out of rotations. Um, this Lakers team really doesn't have anyone else to play as a center, so they're going to need JaVale to play minutes every night. Um, 
Yeah, so it's going to be hard to trade JaVale, but at the same time, like, some people are going to look at the numbers and be like, oh, man, I, I really want that, and if you can make the deal, make the deal. Let me let me throw a question at you, Tyler. I can guarantee you that JaVale McGee will average 24 and a half minutes per game this season, and he will play 69 games. Is he a top 50 player? Probably not top 50, but it's, I mean, he's, he's in that top 75 range. So, I mean, like we're splitting hairs there a little bit, how, how close those values are. Like we talk about that all the time, that the difference between 50 and 75, isn't that, that gap is not huge. And so I, Man, he could be a top fifty, but I'm gonna get that probably more around seventy five. Tyler, I'm gonna I'm gonna say if he's playing twenty four and a half minutes a game and he plays that many games, I think he's a top fifty player. And it's really because of the the block the boost that he gets in blocks, right? I think the the steal numbers are maybe maybe a little high right now, but and he he doesn't do anything else incredible other than his field goal percentage. But I feel like the field goal percentage and the blocks will be enough to keep him in the running for a top 50 player if he plays that many minutes a game there could be a world where um playing javale at the five becomes something that lebron does not want to do uh that definitely could happen and what lebron says goes he is the coach of every team he's ever been on uh and as you as you can see uh, ty ty disappearing from the face of the earth after the, the horrible start with from the Cavs. I don't know what they were expecting to happen with that LeBron James and now that Kevin Love is here. I don't know I don't know why the Cavs expected to win any games with Ty Lue. So why did they have him why did Ty Lue start the season with them if they're gonna fire him what six games in? I think the the situation there was that uh the GM Kobe Altman basically laid down you know, don't play these players, play these players. And Ty Lue did it for one game and then said, you know what? No, I think these guys deserve the minutes. And so the GM fired him. And that's something we see a lot when the GM doesn't necessarily hire the coach is the GM wants it done one way. The coach wants it done another way. And when those two things clash, it's easier to say like, oh, you're fired when it's not your guy. Well, the GM always wants to bring in his own guy, but also – there is the minor fact that Ty Lue is a horrible coach. So that's probably a really good reason why they fired Ty Lue because, dude, LeBron was coaching that team. Everybody knows it. Well, and I, I mean, some of this stuff is, is narrative-driven, and I'm not maybe speaking necessarily about Ty Lue, but I think for every coach, I mean, look at the whole Jason Kidd thing for the Bucks. Like, so It was I, terrible. I mean, well, okay, we can both agree on that, but I write for the Dallas Mavericks, right? And so you'll see, like, when Rick Carlisle makes a bad decision, like, some people will, like, fan posts will write, oh, fire Carlisle and bring in Jason Kidd. Like, do people will not realize Jason Kidd was absolutely terrible on the Bucks? And now look at the look how the Bucks are performing with a real coach, and Mike Budenholzer, like, yeah. They had a top five guy, and they, they, they couldn't do anything. Well, and but see, like, there's a narrative that Jason Kidd was, and Jason Kidd was a great point guard and a great player in the NBA for what 13, 14, 15 seasons, like a really long time. And so there's kind of the narrative that he's a good coach to some people, and he's that's not. 
that's that's far from the case and so i think sometimes like narratives drive some of these things and and it maybe plays a factor in some of the the decisions of the general managers too yeah here's the thing if you ever see someone uh, bitching about rick carlisle uh i will trade fred hoiberg for rick carlisle any day of the week did did you catch this espn thing where they ranked the coaches from all four uh, no major american professional sports is fred hoiberg last um, I did not. I did not necessarily see where Fred Hoiberg was, but um, the top three coaches in the NBA. You want to guess who they ranked? And uh, I only know this because the the third man was number twelve. So they were all in the top twelve in the four. Do you, you want me to guess who the top three coaches in the NBA are, or where they ended up on the list? Uh, no, I want you to guess who the who their ESPN's top three were. Okay, it's Pop, Brad Stevens, and then my guess would be probably rick carlisle you nailed it and it was even in that order i believe although brad stevens might have been at first but rick carlisle was definitely third and he was like 12th or 13th on the bud list might be four, bud might be fourth yeah bud bud's bud had that what was it 64 win hawk team um with Millsap and horford and then obviously he bucks the only undefeated team yeah uh bud is actually ranked 30th on here that's pretty good. Yeah, I just D- D- Tony. D Tony's ranked nineteenth, ranked ahead of him somehow. Um, that was it. Was a kind of a fun list to read, and if you, if you're a big sports fan and you follow some of those other sports, um, it was kind of cool that they tried to compare who was a good coach against who was a good coach. Because I mean, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. No, it's not. Let's get back to buying. Uh, yeah, selling high, selling high, not buying low. We already did that one. Go check out our Buying Low podcast that is already out. This is the Selling High podcast. The next guy on this list is an old dear friend of ours, Rudy Gay, in his 39th season in the league somehow. He is playing great. He's currently per game ranked 45th, playing 30 minutes a game. And I feel like I already know where you're going with this, Tyler. 30 minutes a game seems pretty high. So maybe that's not where I'm headed with this uh, so no. much as I'm headed with this that people remember him as a bit relatively big-time scorer, right? He's had two seasons in his career where he's – three seasons in his career where he's averaged over 20 points, and he's had a whole lot where he's averaged 18 or better. Um, Those were all in somewhere between 37 and 33 minutes a game. He's now playing 30. He's shooting 52% from the field. He's a career 45% shooter. Um, He's getting eight and a half rebounds in 30 minutes. He's career high in rebounds is 6.4, 6.5. I'm sorry. Um, So Rudy Gay was always a, a really high valued fantasy asset. And he may be even undervalued in some of those years in Sacramento and Memphis and this quick stop in Toronto and, now I think he was kind of – I don't even know. Was he even getting picked in a lot of leagues? Like uh, some of the leagues I was in, he was one of the very last picks. You know, he was, yeah, he was one of those last two-round type of guys. But now I just don't really see this value sustaining. Like to me, he's averaging 14.7 points right now. To me, he's looking more like a 13-point-a-game scorer. 
He'll probably get you like six rebounds and I mean probably one point two steals, which is fine. He's but... over he's overachieving for sure, but I actually feel like there's there's some pretty easy tells here. He's not gonna shoot fifty two percent from the field for the rest of the season. And I just he's not gonna play thirty minutes for the rest of the season. Yeah, right. And that's that's kind of a pop specialist to to keep kind of especially these guys under thirty minutes. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what you could sell him for necessarily, I mean, but Terry and Prince might be too much. Like you probably, you maybe you get Terry and Prince, but I, I doubt it. Like I'll say this with these players, you know, like Rudy Gay, who have some name value, you can a lot of times sell them for a little bit more than they're worth, especially when they're producing good stats. Like, Hey man, Rudy Gay's back. He had a bad year last year because of that Achilles injury, but he's back now. And I just don't really think that's the case. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, next up on the list is a guy. So let let me oh, let me on. say something quick before you name the oh, name. Sure, go ahead. Um, so these last two guys on the list, I put on there for a very specific reason, and I think okay. So this is where I was going with this. I think you're gonna say they're so highs. I may mm-hmm. nec- I maybe have a different take. So, One of these guys I feel like is, and the last guy I don't. So, and the last guy I have a very specific thing and a very specific question I'm going to ask you okay, when we get to the last guy. Let's get to it. Um, this so the guy that you have listed here is the as the second best sell high guy is a guy who's starting out the season really well. DeAndre Jordan, who is currently per game ranked 16th, shooting 81 percent from the free throw line, which is obviously not sustainable, but playing 34 minutes a game and having a really good start to the season, 14 points, 15 rebounds, and almost two blocks a game, he seems motivated to play defense once again, um, back getting his block numbers back to a normal rate for his career. Um, I feel like a lot of the stuff he is doing right now, minus the free throw percentage, uh, is very sustainable. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of other people are thinking that way. I think some other people who own him are thinking, man, I'm going to sell high, right? He he hasn't scored 14 points a game in his career. He's averaging three assists a game right now. That's not going to keep up. And the Mavericks are definitely asking him to do more than the Clippers have ever done. They're letting him pass out of the high post a little bit. Um, him and Luka Doncic in the pick and roll is probably the Mavs' most effective offensive play at this moment and will probably only continue to get better as the chemistry between Jordan and Doncic gets better. I mean, you got to think Jordan only played two preseason games. So the two men have only really played nine games together. Um, So that chemistry is probably not super, super good yet. So, Um, I mean, so then why are you, why are you selling high on, on Deandre Jordan? If you think what he is doing is sustainable, is it simply because looking at his rankings and that free throw percentage it's super absurd. Oh, this to, is what this was my point. I think I'm more buying buying high on DeAndre Jordan, but I think most people I think this most people are gonna say I'm gonna sell high. And so to me, I'm gonna try to use that. And I and I thought okay. you were gonna be well, you were gonna be in that boat. And so I was gonna challenge you that I'm actually gonna buy high on DeAndre Jordan. So this is a rare and let's let me uh, let's explain it a little bit to people. Um, this is a move to be guys who are obvious sell highs who 
are actually good, you want to assume that they're trying to sell high, lowball them on the sell high. Like they were like, well, DeAndre Jordan's going to free throws are going to fall off the plan. He's going to be like the 80th ranked player. Uh, he's not going to be that good. So I'll, I'll take anybody in that 70, 80 range. All right, great. If you can give a guy from in that 60 to 80 range for DeAndre Jordan, because the guy's trying to sell high. I mean, that would, that would be actually buying low somehow because it, the guy's just trying to get rid of a DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be giving up Rudy Gobert or, or, uh, but Miles Turner makes a lot of sense. That's what I mean. Unless, like, you, unless you need those percentages, Miles Turner makes sense. Like I think you could probably trade a guy you picked in the forty to fifty range, which is probably right about where you picked DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, and and get yourself a real nice value here. Like this could be Jordan's year where he pulls the Drummond and finishes in the top. 10 or 15 as far as if you're punting free throws. And here's the other thing too, like his free throw thing, he's like the best free throw shooter on the Mavericks right now. Now I don't think it's going to sustain no, at that, not, at that level, but would we, would I be surprised if this was the year he shot like 65%? Yeah. If he's, if he's in like somewhere between 65 and 70, like that becomes a whole different ball game. And he only takes shots right there at the rim and he's missed a couple bunnies early on. I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see that field goal percentage tick back up a little closer to 70, which we've seen him do in the past. Um, I think he could end the season at like 67, 68%. Like he is shooting just like everything right at the rim, man, like right at the rim and he's real good at it. So um, I, I would not be surprised to see his value maybe even tick up a little further. I think you could buy this guy at a relatively reasonable price. Like, could I give you Jason Tatum? and get DeAndre Jordan right now? Yeah, definitely. But I Jason Tatum's really good. Yeah, no doubt, but well, I mean where's Jason Tatum probably like in that 30 40 range? Like I yeah, think Jordan yeah. could be in that 20 range. Okay. Uh let me check out Jason Tatum here. Uh obviously a fantastic player. He's he's actually I think been struggling just a little bit to start the season when it comes to shooting percentage. So like that, that actually could be a, uh, something that could be exploited. Uh, he's only shooting 40% when last year he shot 47%. So Jason Tatum off to a little bit of a slow start, but I think people know what they're getting with Jason Tatum. That guy is going to be incredibly good, but this is a rare buy high instead of sell high for Deandre Jordan. And, um, I'm not going to disagree. I, th- I think that's kind of a good, I think that's a good idea. Let's talk about the final guy on this list, a guy who I'm not sure why he's on the list. So you're going to have to explain it to me. It is the future MVP of this season, Steph Curry. So here's my one question I want to ask you, because most people are going to say this guy is a, a sell high. He's averaging 32 and a half points a game. Um, he's shooting crazy good and crazy good and crazy good over 50% from three, uh, 54% from the field. That's um, not, that's not crazy good. That's Steph Curry. So here's my question. I have Steph Curry. I can have any one player in fantasy in a trade for him. Would you do the deal? So like you have Steph Curry. Sure. And you can trade for James Harden. You can trade for Anthony Davis. You can trade for LeBron, KD, anybody you want. One for you one. 
could I could be talked into Anthony Davis. That's it. Yeah, see, for me, it's nobody, man. I, I said this in all throughout the preseason that even in, in a Roto League, it was really hard for me to pass up Curry with the number one pick. I, I just think Seth Curry may be the best player in basketball, man, and he's so good and he's so he, efficient. He is, he is the best basketball player in basketball, for sure. He, uh, he is the best basketball player uh, in the league. And a couple years ago, the, his MVP season, he broke fantasy basketball. He was so utterly incredible. And I'm going to read some numbers for you. 30 points, five three-pointers a game, five rebounds, and almost seven assists with two steals. Here's what he's doing this year. 32 points, six three-pointers a game, five rebounds, five and a half assists, only one and a half steals. So the two steals um, are, aren't there. So that will probably keep him from break completely breaking fantasy basketball. But everything else is starting to line up that Steph Curry wants to be the MVP. And his MVP year, he broke fantasy basketball almost I – would, I would probably wager a majority of people who own Steph Curry won their league that year. Um, so ESPN did a, a little study that they released, and it was like um, on like what percentage of teams – was Steph Curry on that won the championship? And I believe it was like 60%. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And like this could be – there. he's already done it before. There is a possibility he does it again. He could break fantasy basketball. And that's why we, would, we wouldn't take him out of the top four when we were ranking our players going into the season. It's just like he's a top four player. He's, the, he's one of the only guys out of – him and KD are the only two players outside of Anthony Davis – and James Harden, who could finish number one overall. And if Steph Curry finishes number one overall this year, I'm not going to be surprised at all. Yeah, so I think that you might be able to, again, buy high here if you're owning Carl Anthony Towns or uh, Giannis or that, That's going to be a tough one. You're almost trying to like – so this is where you, you're almost like thinking three steps ahead. Because the obvious thing is he's um, – someone might be like, well, he's a sell high. Like DeAndre Jordan, he's a sell high. So you are thinking another step ahead and saying, well, obviously he's going to try to sell him high. So what I'm – but I think he's good. What I'm going to do is I'm going to buy him high and that, that that's going to that's gonna actually help me because I'm actually buying low – by buying high is that, I mean that that sounds convoluted but it's 100% true if you have Kawhi Leonard and you can get Steph Curry for a one to one trade you do it yeah right and and so hell throw in a player i think people look at it sometimes in a in a strange light that like they have to sell this guy you know what i mean like i got to sell him he's playing way too good i got to sell him i got to sell him and then they just want to get rid of him for no reason, yeah, and it's like sell. he's amazing, <laughs> and and so I think you use that kind of buy low, sell high mentality in reverse sometimes, and you can get a player on the cheap, even though you know he's quote selling high. If you think the player is going to be something that the other guy doesn't, sometimes you can buy low and he can sell high, and you can both end up happy. Yeah, uh, sometimes you got to think two steps ahead, and and. Uh... That is one way to do it, and uh, I, I like that take, Tyler. It's uh, with DeAndre and with 
Steph Curry buying high seems like actually might be beneficial to your season. The other guys, Rudy Gay, JaVale McGee, and Daniela Gallinari, uh, sell high. And I think that is pretty obvious why those guys are sell highs as well. Uh, all in all, a very good list for week three here, Tyler. Uh, Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. Perfect. And you can find me at Watch the Boxes. Guys, if you like the podcast, please rate and review us wherever you are listening to this or join the Patreon. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Shout out to all our Patreon subscribers out there. You guys help keep this podcast running and we're going to be providing exclusive content to you all season long. So shout out to our Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash watching the boxes listeners out there. Uh, we are always looking for feedback. Hit us up on Twitter. If you like the mail bag that we did earlier this week, let us know if you want to hear more stuff like this or anything else. Uh, we are always open to suggestions. We want you to participate because we want this podcast to be for you. It is always for the listeners. We will catch you next time. Have a good one.